Hello and welcome to the West Beach Challenges podcast. Jumping in on a Thursday today because I've just come off a one-to-one call and so often with my one-to-one coaching clients, I think I come away with as much uh, food for thought as hopefully they come away with. And I just really want to come on and talk about that panorama um, episode that has just dropped on ultra processed food. And there's so much in the media and kind of just in public consciousness around sugar at the moment, and obviously demonizing sugar, making it this like terrible thing that we must all avoid at all costs. And if you are kind of drawn to these programs, if you're quite interested, in kind of flirting with the idea of being all or nothing with your sugar intake again. I would imagine you're the type of person that I enjoy working with most. And I just want you to get really curious about whether being drawn into the rhetoric that ultra processed food is basically the enemy and that uh, you're probably addicted to sugar and this is kind of the underlying root cause of all of your issues. And all you need to do is completely restrict and ban ultra processed foods and obviously eliminate all sugar from your diet. Just wondering, maybe just possibly, this isn't the right route for you. And it's kind of why I wanted to jump on and record this podcast. The women I work with, it's not kind of a lack of knowledge that's keeping them stuck. It's not because they don't know or they haven't been educated about the fact that probably, possibly having a diet filled with food that has been massively processed isn't going to be optimal for their health. And it's not that they don't know that eating a diet high in sugar is also not going to be optimal to their health. But it's really the inability then to obviously action in quite a loving way, a more healthful approach to looking after themselves. And the thing that happens when we demonize things and label things and attach moral judgment to things is actually it can just destroy your relationship with food and everything can start to feel quite joyless because I would say most of the women I work with are really phenomenally good at giving things up. Like they can give up booze, they can give up sugar, they can give up carbs, they can give up gluten. You know, they can do all of these things, but they always come unstuck. And maybe that resonates with you. Maybe if you think back on your kind of history of kind of yo-yoing around different kind of dietary restriction, that you're really good. You quite like the rules. It's really nice to kind of be parented and told what to do. But I think so often it's a distraction. And I think it's a distraction, particularly I'm talking to you if you are just that type of person who has definitely got a history of jumping in and out of different uh, restrictive diets that it is just an avoidance tactic to doing the real work. And it's really different, I would say. And I was having this chat with um, this amazing one-to-one coaching client today. And we were just sort of talking about this term addiction and when people are talking about being addicted to sugar. And then we were just talking about the gravity. Like when you're addicted to something like alcohol, you know, it's It's basically like having an allergy to alcohol. You know that if you start boozing and you're an alcoholic, you know, your life is basically in jeopardy. 
it doesn't hold the same gravity um, if you feel you are addicted to sugar, which obviously is going to mean the actions to kind of maybe decide that it's not going to be included in your life anymore. It's just going to be so much more tricky because let's just put it out on the table like sugar is quite delicious it does actually exist in lots of foods and with the women i'm working with i don't think it really is going to serve you to demonize sugar actually i think that is just feeding in to your rhetoric your internal narrative that the root of your issues around nourishing yourself better just sit very neatly into the fact that you can't control yourself around sugar and actually labeling it as such means that you don't have to do any of the deeper digging you don't have to actually do the real work of finding out why it is you can't have things like crisps in the cupboard why you can't have biscuits why foods call you from your desk into the kitchen and then you find that you mindlessly consume them without a second thought before uh you're then like oh i've just gone and done it again i've self-sabotaged i must be addicted to sugar i just think it's 100 percent distraction from doing the thing about addressing and getting really curious about why you're trying to emotionally regulate with certain foods. So it's so much easier just to exclude something, but actually I think the more challenging and the more interesting thing to do is to have an inclusion policy. I want you to approach all foods with neutrality. And the problem with the panorama, I mean, shall we just chat about the panorama um, episode about ultra processed foods? So in case uh, you haven't seen it, I mean, it's very dramatic. Um, it's very sensationalist. Two identical twins. Uh, it's a bit like the Super Size Me um, episode where uh, that guy went and just ate McDonald's every single day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So these two identical twins obviously had all their biomarkers taken. They were then uh, put on very different diets. One was put on this whole beautiful food diet. Everything was natural and delicious, blah, blah, blah. And the other one was put on ultra processed food. So obviously, like you can imagine, there's some very... Um, dangerous music playing in the background for, for the poor twin that had to have this ultra processed diet. And I suppose I, I just have so many issues on so many different levels with this. I don't, for one, I don't think these panorama episodes are being maybe watched by the people who just have the lack of knowledge that, you know, surprisingly enough, a diet filled with 100% ultra processed foods isn't going to be very good for you. I don't think they're probably tuning into Panorama. Those people who just have that little bit of uh, missing education around food and nutrition, they are probably not the ones that are going to be tuning into Panorama. It's going to be people like you and me. It's probably going to be those kind of like quite middle class, quite well educated people that already know this information. But the, the thing that these types of sensationalist documentaries really encourage is for us to start to label foods to start to give them moral judgments to start to think about things very dichotomously into kind of black white good bad they start to really confuse how um, we feel around certain foods and that in fact is going to change your behavior around that food and although initially it's going to probably make you avoid it like the plague once you watch the power panorama documentary actually you know some ultra processed foods are actually quite nice
nice and um, sometimes it means they have more shelf stability and actually probably we wouldn't be able to feed a planet filled with people if it wasn't for some of these ultra processed foods so it's not so clear as whole foods are fantastic and every single ultra processed food is bad and not to even talk about the class issue and food poverty, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not even gonna to start to expand on that. But again, it's just this very kind of sort of a bit elitist attitude towards food. And I don't think, if you were listening to it, that you going down this rabbit hole of thinking about certain foods being really awful, bad, about to give you cancer, et cetera, et cetera, is really gonna help you move into the space which I think you want to occupy, which is this feeling of autonomy over your food choices, of making obviously informed choices around food. I want to make you feel empowered. I want to make you feel like you know what's important to you, that you know what your goal is, that you have some tools that you can use, you can address things like your emotional eating you can make sure that you do insert pauses to start to make the majority of your actions line up with the goal that you have chosen but i don't think it's going to serve you to go down that rabbit hole of just thinking in terms of this food is good and whole and clean and this food is bad and nasty and dirty because we all know that there is that moment in the week when you might just need to, for your own sanity, go for maybe a microwavable meal. I've just said it, a microwavable meal. And it might be in that moment that it saves your connection with your family and your children. And it means that you can actually sit down and connect with them and you're not putting yourself under immense amounts of pressure and yes, maybe when you serve it up, you cut up some crudités and you put them on the side as a little nod towards your value of health and wanting to get more fiber into your children. But I really think I'm just so over um, this really very um, unraveling rhetoric around just kind of labeling foods and then making certain um, behaviors and types of food so um, demonized. I don't think it's helpful. I think it's really important to kind of counter the argument that's out there at the moment, just with a little bit of reality. And I suppose what I'm always trying to do is just make sure that people obviously have great nutritional information, obviously are always coming from a point of food neutrality, like food is just food. And starting to take food off the pedestal that you might have put it on before, because even if it's a really kind of like, you know, you've decided that, uh, I'm trying to think of a food, that a donut from Sainsbury's is like the worst thing in the world. I don't know if they have emulsifiers in them, maybe they do, oh my God. Um, I actually know that for so many of the women I work with, we need to demystify that. And we need to make sure that if that's still a food that you desire, that if it's a food that kind of, you know, comes into your consciousness or it's something that you've massively restricted, part of the work that we might have to do is enabling you to have that food guilt-free, feeling quite neutral about it, not giving it superpowers. And although sometimes labeling foods bad, we think we'll uh, not want them anymore. If anything, what I find is as soon as you start to get into giving um, different kind of moral values to food, the more alluring the foods become that are on the bad list. 
So, so frequently I need to help women unpack this past history of restriction and always looking at banning certain things or giving, um, yeah, these, these arbitrary labels to food. We need to actually undo this because for so many women I work with, it has been damaging to their relationship with food. It hasn't moved them to a place of autonomy, hasn't given them any self-trust. If anything, they just feel like they can't control themselves around these foods. They've really bought into this narrative that they are addicted to sugar. And I say, no, I don't think you are addicted to sugar. I think what you've done is you've put sugar into this box. You've labeled it really bad. It's going to cause off all these like awful... Um, reactions in your body therefore you must avoid it at all costs and actually it just feeds a craving it feeds a desire kind of continues to feed this belief that you are sort of dependent upon it and i for one am obviously very pro people eating a majority whole food diet we all know like none of us are silly we all know mediterranean diet obviously trying to minimize the amount of ultra processed foods having a little look at the amount of sugar that exists in our diet like there are only going to be massive benefits to that but i don't think for the women who i help who i coach either one-to-one -one or in my group coaching programs. I don't think if you're listening to it and you are one of those women that it's gonna help you to um, go down this kind of labeling route and this restriction route, because I would say it's gonna come back. It's possibly gonna bite you on the bum. And I think it's a distraction from you doing the real work to getting really curious to why you continue to eat out of line with your goal, despite having the education and the knowledge about the types of food that you're putting in your mouth. So I'm just putting it out there really as a little kind of a thing for you to have a little think about because I think these things can also massively draw people in because obviously it is massively exciting just to think about taking something out of your diet that's going to give you these amazing results really, really quickly. And I think it would be much more interesting for you to go on a different journey. And instead of thinking about what your life would look like without these things, like with these things being completely removed, because let's be honest, it's gonna be short-lived. You're gonna feel like you fall off the wagon yet again. Wouldn't it be more interesting to go into a journey of curiosity? into feeling much more compassionate about when you do eat out of line with the goal you've chosen. And so many of the women who I work with do have a goal around health and optimizing not only their health, but the health of their families. So just really trying to get into better alignment, but not perfection and not restriction and just actually getting to that choice point and being able to make the majority of choices um, that are going to feel like they're more congruent with the the goal that you have got at the moment, but not to feel like you're forced into making it because you hold a belief that some of these foods are going to be so massively detrimental that you, you, know, you and your whole family are going to fall off a cliff if you have one microwave meal. So I suppose I just wanted to come out there as a bit of a, a voice of reason and if you are always pulled into these extremes of banning things total restriction for you just to think about what your belief around embarking on 
that will do for you? Will it improve your relationship with food? Do you think it will actually move you into a better body composition in the longer term? Is it gonna be sustainable with your real life? Can you imagine um, future parties, Christmases, you know, all of these joyful events, they actually often contain, surprisingly enough, foods that are quite high in sugar. And is it gonna be compatible with your values around connection and relaxed eating for you to be completely abstinent? Or do you actually need to do some real hard work? And I mean like proper deep dive journaling stuff around why you maybe don't feel like you can trust yourself around these foods. Why do you continually emotionally regulate with these foods? Because this piece of work is gonna give you food freedom. And with this client I was talking to, I mean, she has, you know, a self-confessed, I have been on every single diet ever that has ever, 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 ever existed in the whole world. You know, she's at a point now where she can have some crisps in the cupboard. And I think her comment was something along the lines of, yeah, I have got some crisps in the house at the moment and it's fine. I, I imagine that at one point I'll probably think that I fancy some crisps and I'll have some of them with like a bit of dip and that will be really nice. But actually my preference really, now I've given myself complete permission is to normally go for the carrot sticks and the dip because actually it just feels like it's a bit more in alignment. But I feel like I've got choice. I don't feel like I'm being denied choice or being forced to go into the kind of like health seeking direction. So therefore she doesn't have to kind of even like she used the word mourn the loss. She doesn't feel like anyone's restricting the crisps. Nobody's kind of putting them up on a pedestal and saying this is a really bad, terrible food. And if you eat it, you may as well kick the bucket bucket and basically eat all of the crisps because you know on Monday they're gonna be gone again. Um, and it was just so nice to hear that after doing, and it is months of doing the real work, of getting really curious, getting really compassionate about where the kind of emotional eating has come from, that when she kind of hears about things like the panorama um, episode, she was like, yeah, no, that's probably not gonna be something I need to watch because she's feeling like she's got autonomy. She's feeling like actually she can make some really lovely choices now that are in line with her goal, but she's not attaching um, values to food. She's not like, oh, the crisps are really bad. I'm not going to eat the crisps because they're really bad. Because it was never the crisps that were, that were the problem. If it had just been an education thing and it had been the crisps that had led her to feeling like she was living in a body that didn't feel like home, God, it would have been so easy because somebody could have said, stop eating the crisps because they're not very good for you. And she would have stopped eating the crisps. And you know, years ago, everything would have been fine. And she never would have found me. But no, that was not the problem. And I think with the women I work with, that isn't the problem. It's not that we don't know what foods are gonna be more healthful for us. Um, it is actually just the fact that we don't want to work on our mindset. We don't want to work on our relationship with food. We don't want to think about the stuck beliefs and narratives that we have that keep feeding these behaviors. And we want to leap onto things that will give us a quick fix, that will give us a result. We don't want a journey. We don't want to reflect. We don't want to journal. We don't want to unpick the things from the past. We don't want to think about what our mum's relationship with food was like and how that might have impacted upon us. We don't want to think about social media and again, this continuous message that it's it's giving us about, um, you know, certain foods and the value of certain foods, et cetera, et cetera. We just want to leap into something that we feel like will sort 
things out. And actually, we need to take on board the problem. We need to work through the problem and we need to do it properly. Otherwise, this thing will just keep coming and biting you on the bottom. Um, if you are interested after listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, I am pretty much always drawn to anything that promises a quick result. I do think I'm a sugar addict. I uh, do think that I need to ban, restrict um, certain foods to reach my mind and body happy. I would love you to give it a go. I would love you to give something different a go. I would like you to do the thing that's gonna feel much harder, but actually it's going to give you a lasting and meaningful result. It's going to improve your relationship with food. It's not going to destroy it and wreck it. It's gonna improve your relationship with your body. It's gonna improve hopefully your body image. Um, but yeah, surprise, surprise, it's not about demonizing any one food or any one food group. Um, and yeah, you can have everything. You can have a happy, healthy relationship with food. You can hundred percent prioritize, um, your health and your nutrition without making anything the kind of, um, the baddie of the piece. Cause it's probably not helping you. If you're listening to this, I would bet my bottom dollar that going uber restrictive is going to do the exact opposite. And it's just going to keep feeding the fact uh, or your belief that you can't be trusted. And I want you to find self-trust because when I finish coaching you, you are going to have to feel quite autonomous. I can't probably, well, it can always be in your life if you need me to be, but it might be that you would quite like to feel that you can make these decisions on your own without um, having someone external telling you what's right and what's wrong. And the way I like to do that with the women that I work with is give you education, to give you tools, to help you go on that journey of curiosity and compassion, to help you get to these choice points that will happen throughout your life. Like it's not like sugar's gonna suddenly disappear. It's not like your kids are suddenly gonna stop liking it or sort of stop bringing home things that contain sugar in the house. So you have to do the deep work. You have to do the real stuff. You have to actually work on self-trust, autonomy, being able to make um, decisions that feel like they are lining up with your goal. Otherwise you're gonna keep feeling like you're in this sort of cognitive dissonance where your actions continually don't line up with your goal and you feel like you're continually self-sabotaging. I do have a free um, nourish and reset group that's gonna kick off. I have uh, put on Instagram that is starting on the 12th of June, but I forgot that that is not true. And it's actually gonna start on the 19th of June. This is all going to be around my method. So the plate method, it's gonna be around including all foods. Um, it's going to be around abundance. It's going to be around things like how you can build a plate of food, no matter how desperately you need to get to the shops. It's going to be about how you can basically not only feed yourself better, but what happens with the women that I work with as a result of them doing the real work of finding this pattern of nourishment that does suit them, their energy levels, their bodies, um, that it will have an effect, a ripple effect that will um, impact on anyone else living in the house. Because again, these changes always have to start with you. So if you are interested and you haven't reached out yet, I do have a list of people and I am gonna send an email. I'll probably send an email out with this podcast in fact. Um, so if you would like to um, be involved in the free group and you haven't let me know yet, 
do let me know. If you have let me know, I already know that you're there. I'm very excitedly behind the scenes, um, just deciding exactly what's going to happen. Um, but I'll divulge more and more as um, I start to kind of write the program for the five days. And if you're like, actually, I know already that after this five days, I want to do the real, real work on the 26th of June, I'm kicking off the next six week reset. And the amazing thing about the reset is the accountability, it is the group coaching, it is the direct access to me. So again, if you're like, oh, I just think I need that, let me know. And I would love to put your name down on the list. Guys, have lovely, lovely days. And uh, I am interested. I'm really interested to know if this resonates. Um, if you are drawn to these programs, if you kind of do feel like you're a sugar addict, if you basically sound like you are my dream client, do let me know because I love to chat with people just like you. All right, guys, take care.